0: Miss Jordan. I'm asking a question. Do you know what it is? All (laughs) right. You like that sign language? (laughs) We didn't even plan it. (laughs) All right. We're going to do a little bit of prophecy. so if people that Jordan talked to could come up, that would be great. can grab some mics. And generally, um, you want to turn me down just a little bit, Jake? <sighs> it's a long weekend, huh? We came to Power Healing and the other umpteen things that were going on this weekend. And I kind of feel like I've been here all weekend and it's raining outside, so I'm, I feel a little bit like Noah and the ark. <laughs> this must be confined to one's area of ministry for 40 days. Um, what we generally do is just take the opportunity to ask God uh, what is on His heart for us. And He d- speaks through us spontaneously. He deposits His thoughts and His insight uh, through the gift of prophecy. And uh, this is not prophets or prophetesses standing up here, but they're just people that have some gifting in the area of prophecy. And so um, we're not going to embarrass you. We just want to encourage you. It's very clear in Scripture prophecy. Is to edify and build up and encourage the church, and so um, we just want to give a few words and pray for you a little bit. And um, what we do is, God generally just kind of spontaneously highlights people in the room that He wants us to speak into their lives, something encouraging or edifying. And uh, and so, if it's you and um, that gets highlighted, we'll just ask you if you would mind getting the word of prophecy from us and. You could stand up and receive that, and um, if you really don't want to have a public word of prophecy that you don't believe it's going to be encouraging or something, uh, you go like this, <laughs> like, that's what that means, you know, and it's okay. You don't have to be embarrassed, but most of the time, I don't, I don't know anyone who's regretted it, so uh, getting prophesied, wow, this is a lot of you. Um, so let me pray, and then we'll just share what God's doing. Father, thanks so much just that you do minister like this and that you love to and uh, that you use the word of God, but you also spontaneously speak and deposit your thoughts on our hearts and minds. And God, we love that. We love that personal touch. We love that uh, you care so deeply about what's happening right here and right now in our lives, that you want to speak to it and bless and, and stir up. And so, Father, we Just give you permission tonight to do that. And we trust you that you know exactly what you're doing and who needs what. And we don't have to ache for a word or, you know, be upset if we don't get one because we can trust you, God, that you know who needs what and how it should come about. And so, God, we uh, just ask you to release prophecy in us and we just receive it and thank you for what you want to say. And we ask that you bless the word of the Lord tonight. Somebody want to go first?
1: And um, this is for Mark. If you stand up, Mark. Yeah, in the old t shirt or shirt or jumper. Um, well,
0: they don't call t shirts jumpers here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to tell them this for two years, but... (laughs) Still doesn't
1: work. They still call
0: certain (laughs) things that we wear
1: jumpers.
0: (laughs) Men don't wear jumpers, right, guys? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Or cardigans. (laughs) Anyway. uh, Mark, I I just see this picture of you just kind of like... it, It feels like you're just trudging inside, and it feels like you're just going nowhere. It just feels like it's heavy, and your feet are stuck, and you're just really trying to kind of, like, get out of it, and it just feels like you're just really kind of helpless and, and it just feels like what 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 did I do? And um I just want to say that Jesus knows kind of like what's happening and what what you're going through at the minute and just to really try in this time to really cling on and just to really hold hold on and, and not to give up. And um his promises are always true. And so just in this time of just to really hold on and just to cry out to him and and he's there with you. like he, he hasn't abandoned you and he hasn't left you. His promise is that he's with you in what you're going through in your circumstance. And I just see this picture of this, uh, this sand So he's right there for you. Okay, if there's people around close to Mark, will you just come around and... Yeah, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just come in and fill mark right now. And God, that you would even lift the spirit of just even depression or just sadness or the heaviness that is just upon him. And God, that you would just lift that up and just fill it right now just with your presence. Just exchange that. God, you're right there with him. So yeah, just come. There's more of you right now. You just fill him from head to toe. There's more. And I pray that you would not give up, but look to you. It's There's more.
2: Um, Laura Dean, if you wouldn't mind standing up. So I actually felt this during worship, and I wasn't sure if you'd be here. So when I saw you, I was like, I need to say this. So I just really feel like God is doing something new, like, and He's going to start speaking to you in a new, in a new way. And like, I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to come and just wash away, like, a, a deep sense of disappointment and like your your expectations in him I feel like he's saying like I know that you feel like I haven't met your expectations but that's because I I haven't um like I haven't missed you like I still see you and I'm I just feel like deep inside of me that there's a new way that he's going to come and it's going to wipe away all the other stuff that you've felt like you've experienced and he's going to just be like and so I just I just want to pray for you if there's a few people that would like to gather around him. And anybody else have anything?
0: Uh, I, I, I think the Lord wants to give you a gift of faith yeah. tonight, too. And what that means is he'll put in you a gift to be able to believe what she's saying. Like, it's hard for you to believe. You're like, yeah, 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 you're just my friend, <laughs> blah, 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 right? Yep, that's all going right through your head right now. <laughs> She smiles at me, um, and that's because you just need faith to believe it, and you don't have to stir that up. But God's going to deposit it. So let's pray
2: for that too. Yeah. So Holy Spirit, would you like would you rest on her right now in a way that she hasn't felt for a long time? And Jesus, would you right now start to wet, wash away the disappointment and? and broken expectations. And Father, inside of her, would you like start to blossom that tiny seed of faith and would you grow it right in front of her very eyes? And it's not a, I'm doing it on my own, but it's letting you, Jesus, do exactly what you want to do. Yeah. So God, would your kingdom come and would it break out in a way that, that she just doesn't even believe could happen in her life? More of you, God. Yeah. And God, just increase that gift of faith that felt like for a while she didn't have to work it up, but kind of just dribbled through her hand like sand. Yeah. Holy Spirit, would you come and deposit that like deep into her guts and into her soul?
3: Uh the young man in the second row in the black? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike. Mike? Okay, great. Hey, Mike. Um, I just saw God on you really, really powerfully. And just like Jesus um, when in the story where um, he meets up with the Centurion and he is amazed by his faith, That, I just really feel like God just wants to say to you that he is just amazed. And I saw your spirit like totally like wide open, just wide open to receive like everything that God has for you. And he wants to pour into you like a ton of stuff. And he probably already is, and you probably already know some of it. But I I really um, just saw like this waterfall just come rushing in, like the Holy Spirit is coming in like a lot of power. So does anybody else have anything to add to that? Or? Okay, can we pray for you? So if some people would lay hands on him, that'd be great. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come rushing in into that wide open heart that Mike has right now for you. Just come, Jesus. Would you fill him up? Would you empower him? God, I just ask that uh, you would um, yeah, just begin to speak to him even more about the gifts that you deposited in him. Father, I, I just ask that you would put your words in his mouth to speak and I just see him just reaching out, Lord, to, to the unreached. <laughs> so empower him, God, to be all that you created him to be. Let's pray the gift of evangelism on him. I just see it. So There's more of you, more of you, Holy Spirit.
4: Um you in the hollister shirt? what's your name, Lindsay. Lindsay. Um, you've been highlighted to me, and I'm th- like I, I looked at you and I saw like above your head, just kind of the word love burned over your head, and I think um, I think it was just something simple that Jesus wanted to make sure that you know that you are deeply loved and that, like, you're really, really, really special and um, that the questions you have are okay and, like, you're not forgotten. So that he just wants you to know deeply. Does that make sense?
0: And are. What's, uh, I'm sorry, I I know I should know this, but what's the birth order? Are you the middle child? The oldest, okay. So some of the things that have happened in your family have been hard for you, and um, you may not even be aware of what kinds of impressions it's left on you, but one of the impressions that's left on you is Um, has something to do with what Nick's saying, is like, you know, am I lovely, and am I lovable, and how deep is your love for me, God? And So I feel like that God really wants to just encourage you that those are real words for you that God wants to brand on your heart, and it's never going to go away, and nothing can change it, and it's a promise, and it's true, and you're his daughter, and he will continue to just heal you and it's okay to ask for healing you need to give yourself permission to ask for healing for just some of the stuff that's that's happened in your family in the last few years Uh, because you were probably the one that heard the most because you're the oldest and um and so you have a better understanding of how of what was really going on and how scary it was does that make sense and so you know You've held it together. You've made it through. Your family's healed and whole and everything. God's blessing you guys. And you just need to know that it's okay to let yourself, give yourself permission to have a little more healing and trust that God really loves you. He's, You're okay. You made it. So let's pray for her, you guys. Well, Father, I, um, I love Lindsay's spirit and I love all the ways that you've put all the right people in her life when she needed it and I thank you for how you've restored her family and saved them and nothing nothing can come against them because God is for them and so Father I ask that you just be encouraged by how deep your love is for her and how true it is and how no circumstance no no Boy, no rejection, no nothing can take that from her, uh, that she's lovely. She's your daughter, that you love her deeply. And it's a very pure and simple love that she doesn't have to do anything for. Just a free gift.:
4: Yeah, Jesus, and I ask that you allow her to like take the weight, the backpack that she's put that she carries with her. Would you just let her just take it off right now, and just let her drop her guard? More, Jesus. But
0: you guys can keep praying for her for a few minutes.
5: I know this is a little awkward, but Jenna Tombers, I know you're praying, but Like God was highlighting you. We just make a little prayer pile over there. Um, I just felt like God wanted to give you some patience for a few things in your life. I don't even know exactly, well, there's a few things I think. And um, one, I think you know about. And secondly, I feel like patience for what's next. Like even in this Jesus stuff and ministry stuff, and uh, any frustration that's been bubbling up inside of you, I just felt like He wanted to make this clean sweep and get the grid out, and um, so you can just feel light again and have what you need to wait for what Jesus has next in each of those areas. Does that make any sense? Okay, good. <laughs> so maybe some you guys can put. Other hands on her. (laughs) I'm just going to pray for you. Well, Jesus, you come and make a sweep right now. Any just push down, um, just frustration, even resentment. Just let Him bubble it out, Jenna. And God, each of those things that just feel um, confusing and unclear, God, would you put your finger, like your strong self, right in the middle? Pour out some patience that goes deep inside. I just feel like, too, he wants to just bless you for being faithful, Jenna. Jenna. Let him tell you thank you.
0: Thank you guys. All right, I'm just gonna share something really briefly tonight. Do I always say that and then talk long? Not going to. Don't even have the paperwork to back up a long talk. Short talk. Do you know that it's five minutes per page? That's the formula, so three page message is short, eight pages is Sunday morning. It's all good um i'm going to just share one passage and um something that I think is important for us as a church and um, I'm going to read the passage first and then just share just a bit about it I'm going to talk about how Jesus actually transferred the kingdom ministry to the church, and in matthew nine thirty five through thirty eight and then goes on into chapter ten and A few verses following and so i'm going to put it up here so you can follow along it says this jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness and when he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd and then he said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few ask the lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. He called the 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Jesus sent them out with the following instructions. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Um, when gifted, some of you may not know who John Wimber is. John Wimber is uh, one of the main founders of the vineyard. And when gifted people uh, would want to learn how to do ministry, John was, uh, he was a very, a very gifted leader, very humble and gifted servant of God. And um, he's one of those Great people in history. He's passed in 1997 to be with the Lord, but he started the Vineyard Movement. And he's one of those great people in history that it's important for us to follow his example as he followed Jesus, much like we do when we read about Paul and other people in the Bible as well, who uh, were gifted and anointed to do the ministry, the words and works of Jesus. And w- when gifted people would ask John Wimber if they could come and work alongside of him and mentor with him, or a lot of men would ask him if he would be their spiritual father. Uh, He would say, you're going to be disappointed if you do that. And then he would go on to explain that Jesus is really the one who disciples and mentors us by his spirit. And, you know, he does it not through just one person to one person necessarily, but in our culture... He does it through multiple means, mostly for safety and balance. Um, In a lot of ancient cultures and uh, other countries, there was a high kind of value on -on one-on-one mentoring because people were kind of elevated to a a profession or a priesthood or a place of uh, spirituality that they were considered worthy of mentoring. Uh, But in, in our culture, it seems much more safe and balanced uh, not just to follow one person around to be mentored, but the, Jesus uses the entire community of faith, like everybody. Other leaders, he uses spiritual dif- disciplines, and sometimes he even uses really difficult circumstances in our life to disciple us, to mentor us. So Jesus transferred the kingdom ministry to the church. And then the church disciples people who apprentice themselves to Jesus. Uh, through hopefully Christ-centered relationships and through small groups and through, uh, you know, classes of, on healing and digging in the Bible together and, uh, you know, just relationship. And so much of what a lot of us are, are learning about just how to move in the gifts and how to do what we're for, what is our gift, who did God create us to be, it's caught. it's our Our strengths are caught from being around groups of people and people who are serious about following Jesus and doing kingdom stuff. And so we, we learn the best just from being in an, in a, an environment, a kingdom environment, and it, it, in that environment it seems to just transfer the skills that we need, the gifts that we need, because ministry is pretty much taking place every time we get together, isn't it? And that's you know one of the things that we value about our our uh, kind of culture in the vineyard. John Wimber would, periodically call people up uh, when he was teaching about this passage and how Jesus imparted kingdom ministry to the whole church. And he would anoint people with oil for ministry uh, to impart the authority and the power of the kingdom of God to them. And he would say, go heal the sick, go cast out demons. And, you know, the focus oftentimes was on ongoing and healing the sick, and driving out demons, and we, you know, were taught to do it everywhere and anywhere that there were people in need, whether that was, it wasn't just in church, it was, you know, in homes, it was on the streets, it was in shopping malls, it was in schools or at work, it was, can I pray for you right now, anywhere? And uh, so we we do it, we learn it here in the church, but it's really important for us as we're learning and experimenting and training and getting re-empowered after uh, dry times and things like that or hard times you know maybe we just get distracted so we come together we minister to one another we get uh, re-empowered re-envisioned uh, but wimber always said this whenever he prayed over people for anointing and he always said the meat is in the street and if we get too focused on ourselves then what we want, you know, and to focus on what we want to receive rather than who can we give this away to freely, then, you know, we sort of eventually stop seeing the power of God come. And I think that, you know, it's problematic that we desire so much. We have, we're so needy, and, you know, we're working on acknowledging that before the Lord. But then sometimes we just forget that what we receive— we're supposed to freely give away and then we stop seeing so much and it's simply because there's sort of like a spiritual bottleneck we get somewhat like spiritually constipated and you know from being pew sitters thank god we don't have pews chair sitters and we we don't give away and so we can't receive any more and there's a real biblical principle it's very true Uh, that sometimes we just don't receive more healing or some of the things we're asking for because we're not giving anything away. And this passage uh, at the end, I love this summary, freely you've received, freely give. And it's hard because of independence and walls that people put up and you go places and you hit their walls and, you know, people aren't that neighborly anymore, which is something that, you know, we're going to actually become known for. Uh, We're going to have an incredible season of learning how to be neighborly in our community in the coming summer and fall months, and uh, it's going to be fun. We're really excited about the vision that God's given us for that, but this thing of just, you know, God wants to bless the church with his gifts of healing, but not so that we can just sit and and celebrate what he's done in our life. Uh, That's important, but then the signs and the wonders and the things that God does, the miracles that he does, are meant to appoint to something. They're there as a proclamation, and then he does those signs and wonders as a demonstration of his power, and people come into the kingdom because of it. In Hebrews 2, 2, and 3, it says that Jesus announced his great plan of salvation, and then God verified the message by signs and wonders and lots of various miracles, and, and by giving his gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever, whenever he chose to do so. And so Jesus transferred the kingdom ministry so that to the church, so the church could go be the church. And, you know, there's, I ha, we have a friend that pastors and every week their benediction is uh, at the very end of the service is now go in Jesus' name and be the church. Be the church. Be the church that has had Jesus' transfer of kingdom ministry. And so Jesus, first of all, he transferred it to the 12 disciples. I'm not going to go into all these passages, but they're, they're there clearly. And then there's how he transferred the kingdom ministry to the 72, and then there's the 122 in the upper room. And then there were 500 people who saw him after he was resurrected from the dead bodily in his resurrected body. Uh, And then there were 3,000 at Pentecost who received the gift of the Holy Spirit and uh, began to minister. And from there, it's all mayhem. It's like to all of his believers, to everyone who's a follower of him. And, you know, there's two dimensions to this transfer. There's two things that we, we need to kind of think about when we think about receiving something from him when it comes to kingdom stuff and the first thing is just the commissioning which is simply the authority and I talked about this quite a bit in the last uh the last couple days through in power healing too I was just talking to them about how you know you can use the authority or you can just keep it like a badge in your back pocket and not use it the truth is you have it whether you use it or not And knowing that you have it is really important because that's what God does when he sends people is he actually releases authority for them to represent him and do the things that Jesus did. And the other thing that he gives us is gifting, which is simply his power. And so all of the supernatural gifts, all the gifts of of healing and, uh, you know, prophecy and all the things that we teach when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit – are are simply there for him to release his power. I mean, you wouldn't be able to see his power at all if not for the gifts. That's why it's important to discover what your gifts are and begin to move in them, so that you can see his power come through you. Uh, and he will back you up with with authority when you go get out on a limb and start to take some risks and say, "Okay, God, I'm going to pray for this sick person and see." what you do. And so I just want to look at how these two things apply to us today, the commissioning and the and the gifting, the authority and the power. And the first thing that I see and I, this is a list I got from the Doing Healing book that I uh, have been using to actually for quite a bit of Unchained over the years. Um, But the first there's this, that's I'm (laughs) in the ark, long weekend. the first thing that I just wanted to ref- give reference to the book, it's called Doing Healing by Alexander Venter. Really good book. It's in our um, bookstore. Uh, and it really w- lays out our theology in this area of healing. And so that's where I took this list from if you want to check it out. But in verse 35, he talks a little bit more about this. And the first thing that he talks about is the mission. And Jesus actually was on a mission. He was, he was on a mission to go through all the towns and villages, it says in verse 35, and he was going to bring two things, the message and the ministry of, of God's kingdom. And he was going to bring it to anyone, anyone who wanted it. It was kind of like, uh, you know, whoever, whoever was there. It, he, wasn't, he didn't play favorites. Uh, and so going out becomes this kind of um, apostolic thing where there's expectations, and something's going to happen. And uh, the next thing that he did when he left us these two things is he gave us a really good model. And the model is also found in verse 35. And it was just simply this holistic kingdom ministry. It was very practical, but it was never just talking about it and not doing it, it was always proclamation and demonstration. He talked about the kingdom and then he did the kingdom. And, you know, of course. Many churches and denominations have kind of separated those things. And, you know, they might preach the word with no demonstration about the kingdom of God. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's easy to, if you're not going to demonstrate it, leave things out and not preach about them too. So there's, you know, kind of that rational Christianity without power. And that's really a far cry from what Jesus did uh, and practiced. And so the next thing that we can see from the transfer is that he had a specific market And these were large crowds. I mean, they just flocked after Jesus because he met their needs. And they were harassed, and they were helpless, and they were in need. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And they were tormented by sin and sickness and demons and death and you name it. And, you know, I think it's important for us to see the potential of of the need and just how needy people are. it, It drives me, I mean, I just, I can't even believe some of the stories I hear of what's happened in some people's lives over the last 30 years and how, you know, they've been helpless and harassed and couldn't find a place where anyone would proclaim or demonstrate the kingdom of God. And I think, how did, they, how, how did people do that? How did they live their whole life without a demonstration of the kingdom? without a re, re, being able to receive the presence. I mean, maybe some of you, that's your story. And you're finding God in relationship with him. And But the market is huge. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting that people all the time, I met a lady that was 55 years old and was a follower of Jesus when she was 20-something and was... Uh, had a sin in her life and was ostracized from the church the church just shunned her and said you can't be part of us kicked her out of church and she hasn't been in church for 30 years since she came here three months ago uh, full of shame and condemnation but she never felt like she could belong to a church and she's lived her whole life outside of community without without god's kingdom at hand because nobody would invite her in nobody would let her come as she was and be loved. And we got to pray this weekend. It was incredible to see her weep just in gratitude that God was seeing her need. The market is huge, and um, there's loads of people who don't have a a place to connect with a community, which is why the Vineyard Church needs to keep growing and growing. Um, We want to make room for them. And then we see motivation, too, in this transfer. Jesus had incredible compassion on them he was motivated by compassion and nothing else Um, and you know he saw their human need he saw their condition and it broke his heart and you know if you ever feel yourself getting a little bit calloused in that area uh, you know i encourage you to you know get up and get prayer and ask someone to pray for you and pray that god breaks your heart for the things that breaks his Uh, because that's what we need to that's what should motivate us we should Be reaching and ministering people, you know, out of motivation. And this is hard because, you know, as Jeremiah says, our hearts are deceitful above all things and wicked, and we can't know our own hearts. So we have mixed motives, but continually just be saying, God, purge my motives, purge my motives, and purify my heart, and help me to actually do what I do, not so that I look good, or I look like the Savior, or, you know, make people dependent on me, but so that people actually began a relationship with you. Help me get out of the way and help them get connected to you. Uh, and all of that comes from being motivated by what motivated Jesus. Uh, and then the, la- the other thing, the, I think the last thing that I wanted to say, I oh don't know, a few more. The multiplication of the transfer is important as well. And that's just because Jesus like clearly knew that he was one man in one place at one time, and that there was a whole world to save. I mean, the harvest is just so vast, but it says the workers are few. And, you know, he he is very aware that many people might die without ever really hearing about God's kingdom, the proclamation, or without a demonstration of it, or, or an opportunity to receive it. And so he wanted to include his disciples in this bigger picture that he was doing to save the world and restore them to the Father. And uh, he says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. And when we pray like that, like I I know some of our staff have started praying like that even more recently. Um, You know, praying helps me be willing to be part of the answer to the prayer that I'm praying. And, you know, it's um, it's much easier to hear what God wants me to do if I'm praying that he will uh, help us send workers into the harvest. And so those first 12 that were sent out, they've established this incredible multiplication process, haven't they, and thousands and thousands of followers of Jesus. But we always want that multiplication. We never want anything to stop with us. We always want to see how can we uh, pass that on, because that's what, that's how we got it. That's how, what Jesus did. And then there's the means. In Matthew 10:1, he called his 12 disciples to him, and it just says he gave them power and authority. He, he commissioned them, and he gave them gifting, and it says he, he gave them authority to drive out all demons and to heal every disease and sickness, not just the easy ones, but all of them. And, and in sending out those 12, he gave them the means of ministry, to do what he did, and, and that comes with being sent. He doesn't ask you to go do something without giving you what you need to do it, and so we have his backing in that. And then there's the message. He, he gave them the message, and the message that Jesus gave his disciples is very specific, uh, and it was this. He said, I want you to proclaim the kingdom of God. And there's a lot of things you can talk about, and you know I think it's important that we're intentional we're intentional about our message and that we preach it you know what the kingdom of god is at hand okay it's not going to happen yesterday uh, may 21st thankfully but that it's near it's active it's present and there's this power encounter you know that was an incredible fear-based tactic with trucks going up and down downtown with throwing leaflets off of them you know i i just. I'm hard pressed to believe that even one person got saved. I don't don't know, maybe somebody did because they're afraid of going to hell. But I, Jesus says, how about we let the kingdom come right here right now so that we don't have to have a drop dead deadline like that. And he'll he'll just come and let his kingdom come right now and do the ministry that he wants to do. Uh, And it's much more effective, much more practical. Uh, Jesus used symbols, parables, explanations, all kinds of ways to preach, but he didn't have a pet subject. He didn't preach about himself. You know, we shouldn't preach about our ministry, our church, or anything except the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then the ministry, he gave the ministry as well, and he was pretty clear about this. And he just said, do the works of the kingdom. Go destroy the works of the devil. Push back the enemy in people's lives I mean he didn't he didn't just say go pray for the sick. He said go heal the sick. He didn't say go try to cast out a demon. Good luck with that. He said go cast out demons because he knew that with the power and the gifting, the power and the authority that his disciples would be able to do that. And so he sounds pretty definite about those things and that they're supposed to happen and that they do happen. They will happen. And again, it's freely you've received, freely give. Uh, and, and so he just teaches us to look right at the person, speak healing into their lives, speak deliverance over their lives, touch their sick bodies, and speak healing right to them. And that's the ministry of Jesus that we're called to. And then the manner, the manner that he, he did it. And he, he tells these guys, you know what, uh, don't ask for money, don't worry about where you're going to sleep. He, he says, trust God to meet your needs. When you do this you know and i think part of this is you know we're busy we get so distracted we got work we got a billion other things you know who has time to go do something for someone i don't even know a stranger and uh you know i think to some degree this is where it applies to us where the rubber hits the road is that you know god's asking us can you just trust me to meet your needs and then spend a little time on some of the things that i care about (laughs) You know, and he he talk he calls them to something that's very humble, very trusting, very. Um, he asks them to be discerning and strategic and wise and innocent and uh, you know he says expect opposition. Guess what? It's not going to be easy street, and learn how to suffer well. And all of his instructions are in chapter ten, uh, to the disciples of Matthew. There, I wanted to ask um, Sammy to come up and share just for a minute about some ministry. That we've been doing for quite a while and there's it's a growing ministry but it's a little bit um, like we don't have big bold neon signs out about it Um, and so i wanted him to share that it's going on because you might not even know and i feel like it's just an opportunity then for us to say god do you want to send me and have me go alongside of him and some of the other team members and do some of what god's calling them to do yeah, calling sure. all of us to do as a church.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I actually lead uh, uh, the street teams, and uh, currently we have four street teams, so it's like growing from one, it used to be a couple of people that used to go out week to night four, and so they go out um, Wednesday, Thursday, and a Saturday. We have a Wednesday team at nine, a Thursday team at four o'clock, and a later Thursday at nine, and then Saturday morning and really, what our whole thing is to love the people of Duluth into a relationship with Jesus. And really to give away what, what He's given us. And our whole thing that we do believe that small things done with great love do change people's lives. And we want to give that away. Whether it's we're time giving away a hot cocoa or lemonade in the summertime, whether it's praying for people, whether it's just listening to Him, we do believe that those little things do make an impact. And people's lives and because of going down there on a regular basis really building up relationship with people we build up a good relationship with the police officers, the police people down there and since us being down there they've noticed a change in people when we're down there. They've noticed that they're actually calmer, there's a difference and I heard a story not too long ago from a police officer that came to me, a story that I actually never heard of and I wouldn't have heard of until he actually told me but he came to me and he said, this is one guy that's been causing problems down here for years, involved in drugs, alcohol, just really a menace to us. Well, one of your team members prayed for him. Not long after the team member praying for him, he checked himself into a rehab, got himself clean, found himself a job after he left the rehab, uh, got connected to commendation, and is now going to the Hillside Vineyard on a weekly basis. I think that's just amazing, isn't it? And uh, the other one is that we're building up really good relationship with the people in round there, like the shop owners. There's a there's a shop in there which is a, a gallery, and we built up a good relationship with them. That they're excited when we go down there, and they were saying, "What you need is a team down here in the afternoon, from like four to six. That's what you need a team." And so we thought, "Well, let's do it." So Margaret started leading the team at four, between four and six, on a Thursday afternoon. And they were so excited, they were like, wow, this is so good, you know, really, really good. Another story is that uh, a lady one Saturday morning came and got prayer. Well, she, we asked her for prayer, and she wasn't having a great day. She was actually really sad and, and depressed. We prayed for her, she said, thank you so much. The following week she came back for more prayer, and she says, when you prayed last week, my day was totally different. S- something lifted from me, and so I'm here for, for more prayer Another story is that we met a couple of guys. Uh, met him last year, a guy called Kirby. Just simply hand him a hot cocoa. He said, why are you doing this? We said, we just want to show Jesus love. We just really want to give away what he's given us. And he says, wow, this is a really good thing. So I just started building a relationship with him and said, like, how, come, like, how long have you been living in Duluth? And he says, about 11 years. And I said, well, what brought you here? And he said, I met... A woman a number of years ago, we started a family, so we wanted to be closer to her family. Unfortunately, I'm not with her anymore and I don't really see the boys. And so I just asked you, what, what ages are your boys? What are their names? So he mentioned talk to him, and I said, Can I pray for your boys? Can I can I pray for you? And he goes, Yeah, sure. That that would be really good. So Donovan and myself prayed for him. We just simply invited the Holy Spirit to come. And you could just see the Holy Spirit just fall on him. You could just see this peace just come on top of him. And it was just amazing. Like what we see in here at the weekend or on Chien this night, what we see here is what we see downtown when we pray for people. And afterwards, he 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 put his head up and he looked at the two of us and he goes, Man, I need more of this. This is really good. He came to Easter service on Sunday and he stood up for one of the calls. And another guy He came to an Easter Sunday service because meeting them, and he stood up for one of the calls as well. To surrender their lives. To surrender their lives to Jesus, yeah. So it's pretty amazing. And they're actually now starting to wait for us. They're starting to wait for us when we're down there, and they're getting to know us. And they always say, you come out here even in the coldest of coldest of weathers. Mm -hmm. And that speaks more volumes than it does in the summertime because we know that we're not going to give up on them. Um, One of the verses that really what is key to kind of what we see in the ministry is in Mark 2 and 17. And really, this is when the Pharisees were like saying to Jesus, like, why are you hanging out with these people? Like, why are you hanging out with the sinners or the prostitutes? Or like, why are you doing this and really criticizing them? And this was, this was his, this is what he said to them. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Isn't that amazing? It's the sick I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And that's what we're all about. I want to reach out to people who really need Jesus. I want to reach out to people who feel loved, and who feel cared. And that's what we want to do. And really, our dream, our vision like as a team is to have teams that are going out every day. We have four teams. We want to see teams that are going out every day, all over Duluth. We want to see teams in every other, whether that's in trafficking, whether that's in the homeless, whatever it is. We want to see teams that are going all over Duluth impacting by the love of Jesus and really giving away what he's given us. And that's our our whole desire. And really, one of the questions I always pose people who are interested, who are thinking about it, or the team leaders who come along, I always say to them, what are your assumptions with outreach? Like, what are yours? That's a question I throw out. What are yours? Mine's was always a negative one growing up. They were the ones that just preach outside and <laughs> say that you're gonna turn or burn as we say back home, you know, you're gonna go into hell. But I'm sure your assumptions would be totally different if you came and checked it out. And people are just blown away. I've come to people and said to me, This is not what I was expected. This is so much fun. And it was just simply just being there, being available. That's what Jesus wants us to be—to be available. And I love what John Wimber was all about, where he was about par evangelism. And uh, I forgot another one. Par evangelism. And I was going to say another one, but he was all about um, that par evangelism. And we want to go out and do that, and so that's what we do. We're consistently out there, and we love it. And it's just great seeing lives changed through little simple acts of being available and giving away what. God literally has given us.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, how would a person get connected to uh, a street team that's going out? on On where can they get more information about how you know how where do they meet and what time do they go out?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, we meet. We always just meet here at the church because I think it's just a good base for people to know where we're at, and it's uh, it's just really good that that we like to kind of like before we go out, just a team leader who's leading the team just to really share. I guess the vision, just to catch, uh, show the vision, and just a chance just to pray. I think it's really good just to offer up to Jesus, say, come be with us today, and I think it's always good. So we meet here at nine o'clock, and then our nine on Wednesday, nine on Thursday, and four on Thursday, and 10.30 on Saturday morning. And uh, the team leader will just really kind of, I guess, fill you in what to do, what to expect, and we always say there's no pressure. We always say if it's your first time here, we don't expect you to pray for people. We don't expect you to go up and approach people. Just watch us. If you're not confident, but if you are, go for it. So, yeah. and, and
0: one of the most... Go ahead.
1: And if you're interested, Therese, if you want to stand up as well. Therese has been helping me a little bit with like contacting people and all that kind of stuff. So you can chat to her or you can chat to me.
0: Yeah, and so 9 o'clock on Wednesday, 9 o'clock on Thursday... Four o'clock on Thursday.
1: on Thursday, four o'clock on Thursday and 1030 on Saturday morning.
0: What he said. It's exciting. It's what I love. You know, there's a couple of ministries like that. Another one that we have is healing teams, and that's people that are trained to pray that will go anywhere, anytime and pray for anyone, hospital, homes, uh, shut-ins, uh, just people who maybe can't get here. Why do you have to get here to get prayer? right? So why can't we take this outside the walls of the church? And so that kind of mobilization, God has a lot more of that for us. We gotta, we gotta, we've been given a lot, haven't we? We've been freely given a lot. The Holy Spirit is here. And we want to take him outside the walls of this church for the people who can't get here or just don't know we're here. And they're there. There's loads of them, and, and it's vast amounts of people who just need a simple touch from God. And how cool for them to, out of every exchange, and we'll, we'll help train you in just ethics and how to do things in a way that really, really makes people walk away and go, wow, I feel loved. Because I think every interaction with Jesus, people feel felt loved in any interaction that they had with him. And that's what we want them to say when they walk away from us, is that somebody loves me, somebody cares about me. What, regardless of whether or not they receive healing or anything, people can feel loved from us just being there and being available. So I'm excited that this is, you know, there's more. There's more that God has for us, and, and uh, it's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. So in the Old Testament, what uh, people People were anointed with oil, and you know John wimber did this, and I you guys know me i don 't over spiritualize i don 't do weird things unless God tells me to and uh, so I just felt like we were to do this tonight, and what it means, the only reason why oil is significant because in the Old Testament, if you think about it, there was the holy they didn 't have the Holy Spirit yet, so kings and priests and leaders and uh, people that were going to do ministry were anointed with oil and they prophets they would pour oil over people like jugs of oil over people and in the indication was that as it drips off of you that is how much of the presence of God you're going to need to do what you're called to do as a leader king priest or prophet or whatever whoever was being anointed in in the old testament they would literally just pour it over them to saturate them and is all it was was, it wasn't a magic bullet, it wasn't anything weird, it was simply an outward sign of being immersed in the Holy Spirit. And it represented the presence of God. They were basically saying, we love your presence and we don't want to do this without your presence. And so would you come and would you just pour your presence over us? And the oil was just an outward sign. And so we're not going to pour oil over you tonight, because it gets messy, uh, but um, what I felt was that I think that there's lots you can do, like I talked about tonight. We can catch stuff. It's caught by being in an environment. We can take a billion healing classes or ministry classes or learning to pray like Jesus 22 times, and you're still going to need something that you can't do for yourself or that you know, the environment can't do or that can't be learned. It's a spirit thing. It's something that God does for you to pour out his anointing. And we're simply asking for his authority and his gifting and his power so that wherever we go, goes with us. We take him with us and we're like a fragrance. And I think that we're a part of, you know, many churches that over the next year are going to have an impact like the church of Jesus Christ has not had on this community yet. And I'm excited about what God's going to do and the strategy that he's, uh, mobilizing to do that, and I think that that we 're supposed to be a part of it it 's our it 's our DNA it 's our it 's our who we are as a people as a community and so what I would like to do is have our pastors come up if they would and if the worship team would come up now and anyone that feels like they would like that anointing to do the words and works of jesus um, i'd love to have you just Join us up here. We're going to start out with this and then we'll do some other things. And if the pastors could spread out across the front here and just grab a bowl of oil, um, we're just going to invite you guys to come. We're going to do one thing first and then we're going to invite you guys to come. And you can just spread across here and I'm going to have the team play. And we're just going to let the authority and power and gifting of Jesus come on us and receive this transfer of ministry because we are the church. And then we're going to say, yes, Lord, we want to go out and be the church. And um, so the first thing I want to do is have you guys, Asa's going to anoint his team. You want to have Asa that little bull? And and I'm going to have you guys actually turn to your right or left. How's this going to work? Two, four, six. Oh, it will work. And just do each other first, before you do everyone else. So, uh, Father, I just invite your presence right now. (laughs) It's kind (laughs) of (laughs) weird. So what you do is you're just going to dip your finger and you're just going to swipe it across their forehead and say something like, uh, just receive the anointing of God. We're showing you guys what will happen to you. So, Father, I just invite your presence (laughs) to come. And just press through the silliness, Lord, that we feel about putting oil, and let it represent uh, the same thing that it did in the Old Testament, Jesus. Let it represent your presence and your spirit. And would you release more of your kingdom on us, God? We receive it as the church. We say, yes, Lord, as the church of Jesus Christ. We want your power and we want your authority not to look good but to be people who proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom of God and so come Lord Jesus and just release more, more authority and help us to embrace it and take it and receive it tonight Lord come Jesus Sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you feel some swaying or you know some shaking or some warmth. Um, There's all kinds of physical things, and we just need to not get distracted by those because it's just you know supernatural meeting the natural, and so you know it makes common sense. We hear, we see in the Bible, uh, all all through the Bible that people had some outward bodily signs of things when the Holy Spirit came. So the main goal is not to get overly focused or distracted by that, but just to um, concentrate on what what God's releasing in you and just receive it. And so come, Lord Jesus.